You're listening to a podcast of local news from the County of Suffolk in the United Kingdom. This is brought to you by the St. Edmundsbury News Talk Association, a UK registered charity. Hello and welcome to the 1,843rd edition of St Edmundsbury News Talk for the 27th of August 2021. The editor of this edition is Mary Grenville, the producer is Mary Young and your readers are Anna Harridge and Adrian Grenville. We should also mention our processing teams who work hard behind the scenes to copy and dispatch this memory stick to you. We will repeat any telephone numbers that are in this edition at the end of the memory stick. Now for some headlines. Man found in street with head injuries. Fearful midwives catalogue heartbreaking problems at the hospital. Community shock after man dies days after accident. Pair jailed after raiding phone shops. A man found in the streets with head injuries. The police say they're keeping an open mind. An arrest has been made following an incident where a man was found with serious head injuries in Newmarket during the weekend. Officers were called just after midnight on Sunday August the 22nd, to reports from a man lying unconscious in Park Lane. The man, who was aged in his 50s, was taken to Addenbrooke's Hospital for treatment, where he remains in a critical but stable condition. Detectives are continuing to investigate the cause of his injuries, which are still unexplained. A 40-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of assault, causing grievous bodily harm last night in connection with the investigation. He was questioned at Berry St Edmunds Police Investigation Centre and subsequently released on bail until Wednesday, September the 15th, pending further inquiries. Police would like to hear from anyone who is in this area between 11.30pm on Saturday night and midnight and saw or heard anything that could assist the investigation. Newmarket Town Councillor Douglas Hall said... I'm clearly very shocked that this has happened to someone in the centre of the town. It's shocking that this could happen when there's someone is left on the street in such a serious state, however it happens. The fact that this has happened is deeply concerning, but is not a regular occurrence in town. I'd really hope the man is able to make a full inquiry, a full recovery. Police would like to hear from anyone who was in the area between 11.30 last night and midnight and saw or heard anything that assist the investigation. Anyone with information about this incident is asked to contact West CID at Berry St Edmunds Police Station, quoting reference 46171-21. In another blow to beleaguered West Suffolk Hospital, midwives have spoken out about the demoralising and heartbreaking problems 
in their department. In a letter to the Berry Free Press, also sent to the hospital's management and the Care Quality Commission, the midwives who declined to name themselves for fear of retribution said low staff numbers had left them overwhelmed by the unmanageable and relentless workload. As a result, the exhausted and broken midwives said they were providing substandard care and that the situation was now so critical that they had no choice but to whistleblow. The CQC has acknowledged receipt of the letter and said it would use the information as part of its ongoing monitoring of West Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust, which holds a requires improvement rating. The hospital said it was working, quote unquote, exceptionally hard to employ extra midwives and following recent recruitment, there would be at least two senior midwives on every shift. Bosses were, quote, grateful for the flexibility and dedication, unquote, of staff in working to provide a safe service and noted that a CQC inspection in April found that the trust, quote, managed safety well, unquote, after a warning notice was issued in 2019 due to significant concerns. Inspectors ruled that the trust had improved all issues which led to the warning notice, but further improvements were needed across the service, which was frequently short-staffed. Community shock after man dies days after accident. A man in his 40s has died after being involved in a collision with a car on the A1017 at Haverhill. Police were called shortly before 10.30pm on Thursday to the crash which involved a red Hyundai Getz and a pedestrian. The pedestrian was rushed to Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge but died on Sunday. The man's death is the fourth road traffic fatality on the county's roads this month and the 17th this year. The number has already surpassed 2020's total of 10 dead on Suffolk roads, although the coronavirus crisis meant fewer people were travelling last year. Officers are now appealing for any witness to the most recent collision to come forward, along with anyone driving in the area prying to the accident who had a dash cam. Chairman of West Suffolk Council, Margaret Marks, said, Obviously it's absolutely devastating that somebody has to die. My thoughts go out to the family and friends at this sad time. You can report information by calling 101. If you have been involved or affected by road traffic collision, advice and support information can be found at suffolkpolice.ukrtc. Please quote reference CAD 412 of August 18th. A duo who went on a week-long burglary spree targeting mobile phone shops around Suffolk and North Essex, have been jailed. Florin Crassian, 20 years of age, and Eremia Mireya, 19, appeared before Ipswich Crown Court via video link from Peterborough Prison yesterday morning. 
The pair had previously admitted smashing their way into the O2 store in the butter market, Burris St. and Edmunds, causing an estimated £4,500 <coughs> worth of damage and stealing a number of items at about 2 a.m. on the 29th of April. Romanian nationals Krasian and Mireia, both of Queen's Road Lowestoft, asked Judge Emma Peters to take into consideration three other burglaries. They were sentenced to 12 months in a young offender institution and will be liable for deportation at the end of their sentences. Now we continue with some general news. Sailing at Lackford Lakes. The sailing club marks its 40th anniversary at Lackford Lakes. Inland Suffolk may not be well known for its sailing opportunities, but one club has stood the test of time and is now a flourishing water sports centre. What began as the brainchild of the sailing section of the Green King Sports and Social Club in the late 1970s has been built up into the thriving St Edmundsbury Sailing and Canoeing Association based at Lackford Lakes near Bury St Edmunds. Established at a flooded gravel pit, the club was officially founded in 1981 with financial assistance from Bury St Edmunds Rotary, the Bury St Edmundsbury Yachting Association and Bury St Edmunds Council. Mike Steele from the club said, Since then the club has been built up through the vision perseverance and efforts of its members and the assistance of St Edmundsbury Borough Council now West Suffolk County Council and other benefactors to become the flourishing water sports centre it is today. It now has more than 240 active members and provides the water sports facilities for the Bury St Edmunds, Newmarket and Milton Hall Sea Cadets, Suffolk Scouts, WASH, Disabled Sailing, Young People Afloat, a sailing youth club, R.E.F. Honington Kayak Club, Priory School and Culford School. Members celebrated the club's 40th anniversary at the lake on Sunday, August the 8th, with the running of its 8th Antigua Sailing Day Regatta, which was sponsored by Green King and the Antigua and Barbados Tourism Authority. Members and the current Commodore, Norman Savigar, welcomed back several of the founder members and past Commodores who have much contributed so much to the success of the club, Mr Steele said. An exhibition at a village church in Suffolk took an unexpected turn at the weekend after an art piece was mysteriously left on an altar, with some suspecting it could be an original Banksy. During an exhibition at St Mary's Church in Rickinghall on Saturday, organisers were left scratching their heads after finding the piece lying inside a side chapel with nobody knowing how it got there. Caroline Davidson, the curator for the event, described how her husband Ian and friend Karen Lawrence discovered the piece while clearing out the chapel at the church. She said, there's a side chapel, and when they went in, they just saw it sat on top of the altar. It looks like a Banksy, and we thought someone must be pulling some kind of a joke. We thought, which one of our friends could have done that? 
The piece depicts a rat, an animal commonly featured in the Bristol-based artist's work, holding a paint roller above the words, I miss being a tree. You can download the rat image on the internet, but you can't find anyone like we've got, which has a paint roller on, added Mrs. Davidson. Organisers from the church are currently in the process of authenticating the piece and are hoping that if it does prove to be real, it would help with some much-needed repairs. I'm starting to believe it a bit more, added Mrs Davidson. If it does turn out to be authentic, it will be brilliant and so huge for us. I've sent Banksy a message on Instagram saying that this will pay for our church roof. We will have to talk to everyone, but if we sold it, we'd be able to pay to fix the roof. And if we didn't sell it, we would charge people to come and look at it, because it would be such an amazing thing to have. Anger over outrageous festival venue. A Bury St Edmunds man is calling for the top men of St Edmundsbury Cathedral to resign after agreeing to hold a host, a beer and cider festival. Christopher John Brett, a practising Christian from Southgate Street, says he is appalled at the 29th East Anglian Beer and Cider Festival between August 25th and 30th will be staged there. He said... Do they realise how many lives alcohol has destroyed, homes and families wiped out, and the cathedral is holding this outrageous? Some of Christopher's friends and family are also upset about it. He said, The bishop and the dean should resign. Jesus cleansed the temple. We need the cathedral cleansed. Those in charge should go and be told about the lives destroyed in Britain due to alcohol. The Dean of St Edmundsbury, the very Reverend Joe Hawes, said, Beer and winemaking has had a long history in monasteries and Benedictine abbeys, such as the one founded in the town more than a thousand years ago. He said, Following that tradition, but as a responsible institution, St Edmundsbury Cathedral accepts drinking in moderation. Cathedrals and first and foremost places of worship and pilgrimage. So hosting this beer festival is a first from the English Cathedral, though other churches have held similar events. As the country emerges from the pandemic, the cathedral is looking to attract new visitors to its beautiful spaces, and the festival offers such an opportunity, showcasing and celebrating great regional beers and ciders, as well as offering an exciting entertainment programme. A rickshaw charity that delivered essential supplies during the coronavirus pandemic is starting up its free joyride service again this weekend. Barry St Edmunds rickshaw saw its work diverted during the frenetic 18 months of Covid, with its volunteers making about 40 vital deliveries every day at the height of the crisis. Now the charity is about to settle back into its original role of offering free rides for local people experiencing social isolation. 
The full joyride service will resume, complete with two new rickshaws and a wheelchair bike, and the return of chatty chum volunteers to accompany solo passengers. Berry Rickshaw co-founder Libby Ranzetta said she was just so glad they could help during COVID. She said, I feel proud but also really happy we were able to respond quickly to what was needed and to adapt and be very quickly up and running to deliver essential supplies around the town to our vulnerable customers and many, many more people who we knew were having to shield or stay indoors. As well as transporting prescriptions and shopping, Berry Rickshaw has also been taking people to their COVID jabs and other essential appointments. Libby said it was a wonderful feeling to be offering rides again after months of COVID restrictions and encouraged people to book. We know that the return of rickshaw rides will be very welcome for many people who've been stuck at home. What better way to get out in the fresh air and see our lovely town? In order to book, please call 01284-339-449 or visit the website which is www.b, that's B for Berry, S for Saint, E-B-S-E, rickshaw.org.uk. The death of an 81-year-old man in a care home has prompted a coroner to raise concerns about a lack of training for staff. Roland Stannard died after a stay at the Buper Run Chilton Meadows Care Home in Stowmarket. Mr Stannard developed a sacral sore after being left on a commode chair overnight. This developed into an infection which led to his death. An inquest into his death found the lack of care given to him during the time amounted to neglect. Following the inquest, Senior Coroner for Suffolk, Nigel Parsley, has issued a prevention of a future death report, raising concerns about the training available to staff at the home to deal with sores. Mr Parsley acknowledged that some changes have been made to some aspects of staff training, but raised concerns about others. Due to staff inexperience and lack of training, the equipment provided to reduce the further developments of his sacral sore was either not utilised or, if utilised, sometimes used incorrectly, said Mr Parsley. And now we have the start of What's On. Uh, On Sunday the 5th of September at 7.30, we have the last night of the proms. The Berry St Edmunds Concert Band returned to the theatre for a memorable concert evening to celebrate the finale of the terrific summer season of The Proms, as they perform popular classics and patriotic anthems featuring the incredible Finlandia, as well as music from Hairspray, Rocky and a tribute to the Duke of Edinburgh.
There will, of course, be the opportunity for plenty of singing and flag-waving as we conclude with Jerusalem and Land of Hope and Glory. To book your tickets, please ring 01284 769505. Tourism chiefs in Berries and Edmonds are thrilled after Abbey Gardens was named among the top five most visited free attractions in England. The 14-acre attraction was the only place outside of London to appear in the top five collated by Visit England in their annual visitor attraction survey. The gardens are home to the remains of the Abbey of St Edmund, which will be celebrating its 1,000th anniversary next year. It was built during the reign of King Canute, with the Benedictine Abbey being one of the richest and most important monasteries in medieval Europe, bringing in pilgrims from all corners of the continent. Today, the gardens boast floral displays, a bowling green and a play area, as well as a popular aviary, cafe and riverside walk. Sue Warren, brand and marketing manager at St Edmundsbury and Beyond, the town's tourism company, said the team are absolutely thrilled by the garden's inclusion. She said, Bury St Edmunds is becoming increasingly well known thanks to the work by Bury St Edmunds Beyond our Bury St Edmunds and our partners in the town and we are thrilled that this very special place where the shrine of St Edmund used to stand within the great Abbey Church is recognised in this way. The Abbey Gardens team, Abbey Gardens friends, Berry and Bloom and West Suffolk Council should be congratulated on their fantastic work, not only in a very challenging year, but over the years in keeping the Abbey Gardens looking at its jewel in the crown, best for visitors and residents alike. We've got three events that are happening at the Apex. Uh, one of them is also on the 5th of September. Uh, it's an evening with Andrew Cotter and Olive and Mabel, and it's the heartwarming story of life with two famous Labradors. Then on the 8th of September, which is a Wednesday... A multi-award-winning country music guitar picker and co-writer of Country Boy, Albert Lee, who is revered as one of the finest guitarists in the world, will be playing. And finally, uh, on Thursday the 9th of September, uh, Tina Live, which is a tribute to the wonderful Tina Turner, uh, it will be full of hits like Private Dancer, Nutbush City Limits, Proud Mary, River Deep, Mountain High and many more. And to book tickets for any of those, please ring 01284 758 000. Brian thrilled to meet guide dog as new appeal launched aged 10 months edmund the guide dog is now wearing his puppy jacket and honing his new skills every day edmund or edmund the second is known 
was paid for by hundreds of people in Berries and Edmonds and surrounding area and is doing well in his training. Costing 5000 Edmund was paid for by everybody who bought second-hand bikes from fundraiser Brian Garnham last year. Brian, 86, was thrilled to meet Edward II when his trainer brought him to his home in Great Barton last week. The determined fundraiser recently learned his cancer has returned and doctors can do no more. Edmund II is a lovely dog and very big for his age, said Brian, who is married to Melita. Thanks to all the people who helped pay for him. Brian sold £5,000 worth of bikes during lockdown by doing them up with the help of Cycle King in Berry St Edmunds. Edmund II is the 17th guide dog Brian has helped fund in his lifetime. Several of these were the Berry St Edmunds branch of Guide Dogs for the Blind. He first started fundraising for guide dogs in 1962 when a guide dog cost £110. He kept this up throughout his 25 years in the Navy and later while running the Golden Chip Fish and Chip Shop in Berry St Edmunds. Most recently, Brian helped Hubbard's traditional butchers in Morton Hall raise enough for a guide dog too. On learning of Brian's ill health, Berry St Edmunds branch has now decided to launch another fundraising drive to raise another £5,000 for guide dog to be named after Brian himself. It will be named Yo-Yo, Brian's nickname in the Navy, when he sailed the Royal Yacht Britannia. Brian was awarded a British Empire Medal for his fundraising work in 2019. An exiting schoolboy has raised money for a homeless charity by holding a yard sale at his home. Seven-year-old Isaac Arnold sorted out his old toys and made cakes to sell on a stall and was delighted when his efforts made £285, which he's given to Newmarket's Open Door charity. Isaac, who lives in North End Road with his mum Helen and her partner Sarah and his two-year-old sister Edie, had enjoyed visiting stalls on the Exning Sale Trail the previous week and he decided he would like to sell some of his old toys. At first he said he'd sell them and buy some new ones, said Helen, but then he told me he'd changed his mind and wanted the money to be used for children who don't have any toys. I am very proud of him, she said. On Monday, Isaac handed the money over to Charles Dorr, Chief Operating Officer, officer of Open Door, which supports housing and training opportunities for young people and runs charity superstores and training centres in Newmarket and Mildenhall as well as a food bank. It was really kind of Isaac to do this for us and we are grateful to him and the people of Exning who supported him, said Mr Dorr. A popular florist has opened a second shop into Berry St Edmunds after outgrowing the first. Terry Edwards opened the plant hut on Higher Baxter Street on August the 7th and says business is doing well. Mrs Edwards has run the flower hut florist on Angel Hill for the past five years where she has built up a strong customer base. 
She said a combination of team spirit among the staff and good customer support has enabled her to expand. I just felt the time was right to get a second place, said Mrs Edwards, who lives in Walsham Willows. I needed a new place for indoor plants, as we didn't really have enough room in the Angel Hill Street shop, as it's quite small. Between the two, it's perfect. The Angel Hill shop is also too cold in winter for indoor plants, but the new place is great. A quirky little shop, and people seem to love it already. Customer support has been great, and so far we have been rushed off our feet. A new market church is relaunching its monthly meeting place for people with dementia and their carers. The Shiner Light Cafe at All Saints Church will reopen on Monday, September the 20th, when anyone affected by dementia will be welcome to go along from 2pm. Robin Hardy, one of the management team behind the cafe, said... We've all been affected by social isolation during the COVID lockdown and even more so with uh, people living with dementia and their carers. As they were unable to open during lockdown, group organisers have been sending out a monthly letter and a small gift to people who'd been attending the monthly sessions. But now that the cafe is back in business, Mr Hardy urged anyone living with someone who's got dementia to find out what it has to offer. Shine a Light is a member of the New Market Dementia Action Alliance, which aims to work with businesses, retailers and many other organisations in Newmarket and the surrounding area and to make it a more dementia-friendly place in which to live. Continuing with letters. Keep cars out of a great churchyard. No parking in the great churchyard. We do not want cars in this area, especially round the west front. What do visitors think when they're trying to take photos, especially wedding pictures? This is a very historical area. Residents have their own parking spaces, so who is parking these cars? Every day I go past the area, is it very sad? The cars are always there. Please protect the churchyard and all the departed. On the uh, letters page on July the 16th, a photo of two cycle paths was shown, one along Risbygate Street and the other in Beaton's Way. It's a pity the person who took the two photos didn't aim their camera nearer the railway bridge in Beaton's Way, so people could see both sides of the pavements are mostly covered in pigeon droppings. Anyone walking to town or going to Asda, B&M, The Range or Aldi have no choice but to walk through littered areas of pavements. Most sections have no clean space to walk on. I have to wash and disinfect my shoes and the shopping trolley wheels before going indoors. The council and railway people need to realise that as long as the pigeons manage to perch under that bridge, their bodily functions will litter both pavements all the time. The public really shouldn't have to put up with this situation. Hopefully they will get dealt with. 
It's been too long for people to have this danger to health and well-being. The Romance of Steam Returns, writes Graham Day of Stowmarket. Having a necessity to be in Ipswich last Saturday, I found a window opportunity to view the special Mayflower steam train on its first run of the day to mark the 175th anniversary of the Colchester to Bury St Edmunds rail line. Finding a place in Bourne Park in my home area, over Stoke, I waited. The location at the Belstead Curve was at the point where all trains start to slow down from descending the Bobbitt's Hole incline before sweeping past the riverside location of the former Ipswich Motive Power Workshops and through Stoke Tunnel into Ipswich Station. A prime place. There was not very long to wait as there was a plume of smoke and the Mayflower came into view. The sunlight gleaming on the polished brass and shining green paintwork, 61306 Mayflower, was built by the North British Locomotive Works on April 5th, 1948, and eventually retired from service in early 1967. The Thompson-class locomotives, designed by Edward Thompson, were used for mixed traffic work, and Mayflower is now only one of the two remaining it was possible to hear the locomotive braking as it came to a halt, in a perfect position for photography. My thanks are also due to the former British Rail employee, who said he would advise me from the app on his smartphone if the train was delayed. We exchanged reminiscences afterwards, and also about the EUR 150 celebrations, which had happened in 1996 and featured a clutch of Britannia-class locomotives. On that occasion, I travelled from Ipswich to Bury St Edmunds on one of the special trains. Memories are made of this. The pandemic has meant that events like this, which highlight the area, have been suspended. But I, for one, am grateful they're back. Thank you for your excellent coverage of such an important historical transport event. Lynn Ward from Woodbridge writes... I share columnist Paul Jeter's pessimism about the threat of climate change. Like many, I felt there was little I could do. After all, it's international, national and local governments who legislate for the big changes. However, I've come round to thinking that we can all do a bit. Eat less meat. Drive a bit less. Buy a few less things, waste less food, use less water. Those of us fortunate to be able to afford it can install solar panels and heat pumps. A drop in the ocean, but if millions of people do it, it will begin to make a difference. And what's the alternative? Do nothing. Stand by and watch Athens, California and Siberia burn. Not for me. We need to act together to halt climate change, writes Jane Powell of Bury St Edmunds. Climate change is here with its potentially shocking and catastrophic results for the whole world. Countless people have died, been made homeless, lost loved ones and their way of life. Life cannot continue, as usual, even in this country. We are all in it together, 
and need to act together to do what we can to mitigate these effects. Not swipe from the sidelines because other people have not found all the answers yet. I, for one, feel hugely appreciative of people like Julia Wakelum who have been taking the problem seriously for years. John Bailey from Stanton, from Stanton writes as follows. Here we are, well into life after membership of the EU for almost half a century, and we find ourselves with 500,000 EU citizens who had settled in this country, forged and established successful businesses in many cases, still waiting to know if their application to stay has been approved or not. In addition to such an unsatisfactory situation, we find ourselves with our NHS struggling desperately through funding and loss of personnel, and somehow cope with a five-year waiting list for essential critical heart and cancer treatment. Added to this, and it's becoming more obvious by the day, is a serious shortfall of labour in the supply chain industry, thus resulting in increasing shortfalls of deliveries of everyday goods to supermarkets and wholesalers. Is this what the Brexit voters amongst you voted for, or is it thus all too convenient to blame Covid? I know what the truth is, and so do many others. Now, some more general news items. Police in Suffolk are set to review more than 20,000 firearm licences in the wake of the mass shooting in Plymouth earlier this month. All police forces in England and Wales are being asked to review their current firearm application processes, as well as assess whether they have need to revisit any existing licences. The government's decision comes after five people, including a three-year-old girl, were shot dead in Keam, Plymouth, on August the 12th. The attacker, a 22nd-year-old man who killed himself after the incident, had previously had his shotgun licence revoked by police before it was returned. Suffolk Police have confirmed that officers will be reviewing 21,000 295 firearm and shotgun certificates issued to gun owners in the country. The weather wasn't great, but the public response to the live outside music laid on over the weekend as part of the Haverhill Arts Centre's Out of Doors programme certainly made up for it. On Saturday and Sunday, the Haverhill Scout and Guide Headquarters in Cone Valley Road provided the venue for acts that were variously paying homage to West End shows, girl bands, classic musical movies and rock tunes. On Saturday, the ultimate girl band, Hits and Movie Magic, presented a tribute to the most popular girl bands, including Little Mix, The Spice Girls and Girls Aloud. The show also paid homage to the greatest movies of all time, including such crackers as Mamma Mia, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Greatest Showman, Grease, Blues Brothers and Dirty Dancing.
On Saturday evening, Rock for Heroes saw the audience treated to a programme of classic rock tunes. On Sunday, Alison Carter and John Donovan, two of the West End's leading performers, returned to Haverhill after their appearance last summer to perform their show, Summer Day's Musical Tribute. They blew away the lockdown blues with an afternoon of relaxed tunes such as Summertime, Midnight at the Oasis, Sing It Back by Moloko and many more. Nick Keeble, Town Council Arts and Leisure Manager, said, We were hit by some miserable weather this weekend, but those who braved it said the shows really made their weekend. A blind veteran who lost his sight due to a brain tumour has claimed a silver medal in a national bowls competition for the visually impaired. Steve Gill from Stowmarket finished second in the B2 category of the National Visual Impaired Bowls England Pairs Competition, alongside partner Lynn Bourne. The 60-year-old said it was very tight. We were only one game away from being champions, but I'm delighted with runner-up. I'm going to enter again next year and go for the gold. Mr Gill, who served with the Royal Military Police between 1976 and 1979, added, Before sight loss, I was always a competitive sportsman and played rugby to quite a high standard. So when I started to lose my sight, I thought that aspect of my life was gone. But at my introductory week at Blind Veterans UK, they got me into bowls and have supported me with it ever since. Vision-impaired bowls features a string which runs down the middle of the lawn so players can understand where the jack is. Competitors are given the distance of the jack in metres and often have a guide to provide advice. The most prestigious women's cycle race in the UK will return to the country once again in October, with the final stage due to begin on Haverhill High Street on Saturday the 9th of October. Riders will pass through Keddington and Clare before completing their first Skoda Queen of the Mountains climb on Skates Hill in Glemsford. Councillor Andrew Reid, Suffolk County Council, Cabinet Member for Public Health Communities and Public Protection, said, It's exciting to have the Sprint and Queen of the Mountains climb locations confirmed, which should make for a thrilling and challenging final stage of this year's race here in Suffolk. It's great that these competitive sections will be spread out across the county, giving spectators across Suffolk the opportunity to cheer on some of the world's top female riders. A family-run sofa company is opening a listed building in the centre of Berry St Edmunds next month. Bespoke furniture retailers, sofas and stuff, has taken over the empty period premises that was formerly home to Laura Ashley and plans to open on September the 4th. The new store is in the Grade 2 listed The Lexicon in Cornhill in the heart of the historic market town. Sofas and Stuff is a family business with a long history in the furniture trade and prides itself on being able to design and create bespoke pieces using any fabric in the world. Andrew Cussins, founder and CEO of Sofas and Stuff, said, 
We're excited to launch our new showroom in Berris and Edmonds, bringing the sofas and stuff experience to the beautiful town and surrounding area. Our team can't wait to become part of the community and to welcome customers into our new home. The company's dedicated Berris and Edmonds web page said the store would feature a large collection of bespoke sofas, chairs, sofa beds and beds, all lovingly British made. It added, Our experienced and friendly design consultants are always on hand to help you create the perfect bespoke furniture for your home, upholstered in any fabric in the world. The long, hot days, the few we've had, and warm summer nights seem to have rolled around so quickly this year. And almost within a blink of an eye, summer has truly started at the lakes. The summer season is a wonderful time to visit Lackford Lakes, but rather than the almighty kingfisher, it's our smaller residents which truly shine this season. A walk around the Blue Route will awaken your senses with bees buzzing, butterflies and damselflies in an array of colours, the smell of fresh pollen in the air, and of course tasty cake to sample on your return. Our regular groups like Tots and Babies have continued to run, offering parents a chance to connect with their children outdoors with fun forest school-style activities. We have even added two further regular groups, Connect for Adults with Learning Disabilities and Wild Mondays for over 60s both offering a chance for people to connect with others in a safe environment and share their passion for the outdoors. Connect runs twice a month on the second and fourth Monday, from half past ten in the morning to midday, and Wild Mondays uh, runs the same dates in the afternoon from two till four. These and other events can be found on our website or on our Facebook page. Looking ahead, we're beginning our planning and build-up for our Twilight Safari, which is a wonderful end-of-summer treat for both visitors and staff, with a chance to watch bats in their aerial displays, discovering our magnificent moths, and seeing the reserve at a different time of day. Whenever you come, though, there will always be a friendly welcome from our visitor team, and we can't wait to see what else the summer will bring. We are coming to the end of this edition of St Edmundsbury News Talk. If you have any comments about the memory stick, or difficulty playing it, please use the phone number on the pink sheet which you have been given, or put a note in the pouch when you return the memory stick to us. We would like to acknowledge our appreciation of the Berry Free Press, East Anglian Daily Times, Haverhill Echo and Newmarket Journal, from whose pages most of our items have been taken. Telephone numbers mentioned in this edition are the Theatre Royal, 01284 769505, and the Apex, 01284 758 For the police, it's 101. The reference, 
CAD412 for the A1017 accident on 19th August and the reference 46171-21 stroke for the injury on August the 22nd. News Talk will be back again next week. So until then, from Mary, Adrian, Anna and Mary, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Podcast brought to you by the St. Edmundsbury News Talk Association. You can view more information about News Talk on our website at www.stedmundsburynewstalk.org.uk. The music in this podcast was provided under Creative Commons license by Scott Holmes. This podcast was created entirely by volunteers in our Bury St. Edmunds studio.